0: Wonderful Counselor. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace, Mighty God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us everything everything. When Satan was defeated at the cross, you were given everything. You are given keys. In his right hand are the keys of death and hell, Revelation 1, meaning you have the keys to the underworld, you have the keys to space, you have the keys to everything and every place in this whole world. Job talks about God's stars. <laughs> There are seas, there are stars, there are realms in this world to discover spiritually in your heart and mind. What does it mean that Christ is the head of the universe? Colossians 2.10. Christ is the head of the universe. I will read it. Hallelujah. Important stuff. Colossians 2.10 Passion Translation and our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. It says universe. Greek word cosmos or world. So God lo- so loved the world. John three sixteen. the word world is universe or cosmos. See now, you ever go to church where they teach you about the universe? You ever go to church where they teach you about space? I mean, but it's everywhere in the New Testament. The word cosmos, stars, space, universe, it's mentioned in every book of the New Testament. Because the heavens are part of your inheritance. The heavens are actually your soul realm. Transfigured by the renewing of your mind or heavens. It's true. That's why you need to operate out of an open heavens through your soul realm. Otherwise, you're going to have stuff landing on your head, controlling you demonically, called the birds of the air. A so or so seed, but Jesus Christ said the birds of the air will come and eat the seed out of your heart. Meaning, if you don't have an open heavens, if you don't have, <laughs> you can call it, your star systems cleansed above your head, then the enemy is up there stealing from you, robbing from your souls. That's why many people are sick. That's why people are angry. That's why people are bitter. You deal with all this sin every day because people's souls are not cleansed. They're not transfigured by the renewing of their souls washed in the water of the word. They need a drink. Satan only works through the dry place. I told you during worship I wasn't going to say it, but God's saying it, so it's important. Do you understand? Dry places and wet places, because as Ezekiel's water temple forms here now by water workers in the living waters and the rivers of life, all the dry places of the prince of the power of the air, of dry place in the air, and all the dry places in the heart of the sands of religious Egypt are being washed away into the lake of fire. That's the healing of the world, is the washing away of air in the soul, and sand in the heart. So let's just teach on that for a minute. Living waters. Matthew twelve forty-three. When a demon is cast out of a person, it roams around a dry region, looking for a place to rest, but never finds it. The dry place. So the dry place is the place of demons. There's two different types of demons. There's the demons that fly, and there's the demons that crawl. Jesus talked about both types in the Gospels. There were the birds that flew and ate seed, flying demons. People call those fallen angels, but it's just a demon with wings. That's all it is. You don't need to get super mystical about this crap. Just use the same terminology that's in the Bible. It's real simple, basic stuff. But you need to understand your enemies because you guys constantly deal with it every single day of your life in every relationship, in your marriages most of all. And until you have clarity of how to deal with the flying demons and the crawling demons that operate in the dry places of air and sand, you'll, you'll never see breakthrough. You'll be working... See, the, the main thing the enemy wants you to do is to try to deal with them in sand and in air. Just whatever you do, don't come to the waters of life and drink. Because if you did that, you'll actually whack them away forever and you have perfect peace in every relationship in your life. So the distraction is dealing with the enemy in the enemy's territory. Come into my dry place and try to minister to me. Come into my idolatry and teach me about financial giving. What? I don't think so, devil. We're going to melt down the golden calf. Come into my sexual morality and teach me about purity. And next thing you know, you're in Jezebel's snare and you're wondering why you're being tempted by pornography at midnight every night. You don't do it the enemy's way. You do it in the kingdom's way. Jude says, saving them from the fire but not having your garments defiled. Amen? Having no stains on your white garments. Spotless, without wrinkle. You can keep your garments white. You just need how to learn how to minister the living waters perfectly. And it's very easy Just stay baptized. It's not complicated. You don't need a, a doctorate in divinity. You just need to stay in the river like John the Baptist and never get out. The enemy wants you to come to the sand and meet them on the sand. Come out of the river, John the Baptist, and will listen to you. Come out of the river. The Pharisees are telling you, "Oh, come debate with me. Come talk to me about theology. Come tell me about all the souls you're winning. What's your strategy on reaching the occult this month? What's your? St- what are you gonna do for all these nations? Are you giving to the poor, and they want you to come and do all this good stuff for them in the dry place? That's what the religious demons do. They turn you into slaves in the sands, slaves of good works. It's true." I watched it by the millions. That's the main thing Satan does to Christians because Christians know they're supposed to be good people. So he uses the temptations to be good apart from the river to ensnare our people worldwide. hmm Satan only tempted Jesus Christ with Scripture. 40 days tempted of Satan in the wilderness, he said, he quoted scripture every time. If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down from this temple. As it is written, the angels will catch you and you'll not dash your foot against the stone. And he lifted him up to a high and lofty place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give you all this if you bow down and worship me. You see, the devil only uses the Bible to tempt Christians. It's true. If you're a good Christian, now I'm not talking about immoral secret sin. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about good people. Good people that love God are only tempted with Scripture. By demons. The issue is if you can keep the scriptures in the river, you'll go from glory to glory. You'll be transfigured. Everything in your life will just be washed in the water of the word. You'll have no lack. You'll have nothing wrong. You'll have no problems. You'll have only solutions. You'll have such an abundance, you can meet everyone's need. The issue is keeping the word in the water. If the word is separated from the water, you'll have death, you'll have slavery, you'll have frustrations. You'll have hope deferred, making the heart sick. I've had your word. I've had your prophetic promises. I've had a prophetic promise from every charismatic church in the world. Not a single promise has worked in my life. Why? Because it has to be mixed with the water. The water without the word is death. It's frustration. The key to Jesus Christ's ministry was that he was always loyal to the waters. See, now Satan came with words that were from the Bible that the Messiah was supposed to fulfill. These were the things written by God that Jesus of Nazareth knew he was supposed to do in his ministry. The reason why he rebuked the devil because it wasn't in the waters, meaning it wasn't God's timing, it wasn't orchestrated of the Father, it was just a religious temptation called dead works. Dead works and strange fire are what kills Christians after they're born again. Having begun in the Spirit, try to finish in the flesh. If you were to stay in the Spirit, what's the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. We'll go right over to John, chapter 4. What is the Spirit? How do we repent from dead works, the dry place, strange fire, and destroying our lives, trying to be good people? By staying in the water. John 4.14, But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. The gushing of the fountain springing up is through the words of God. So you have the word and you have the water. That's how every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You'll never have one prophecy fulfilled apart from the living water. You'll never have one true Christian experience your entire Christian lives apart from the living water. The living water is the river of life, the Holy Spirit. Apart from me you can do nothing, you can bear no fruit, but I command you to stay attached to the vine and bear fruit that lasts. What's staying attached to the vine? Staying in the river, staying in the vineyard, staying in Eden, keeping your heart and mind in the third heaven while you work in the dry places of the second heaven and the earth. The soul and the heart realm, working in the air pockets of the soul. You're dealing with second heavens continuously. You don't want to, but you have to. It's part of your mandate. Peter says that the whole purpose of Christianity is to produce a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. What's righteousness? Underwater. It's living underwater. Righteousness is living in the fullness of the glory of God continuously with no air, no prince of the power of the air, and no sand. No banks, no religion, no rebellion, none of this crap, none of this knowledge of good and evil, none of this do's and don'ts. No jannies and jambres, none of it. It's just water world. How do you get to a place where everything in your life is drenched, full sanctification, full transfiguration, by drinking. Every day when you wake up in the morning, it should be all about the living water. If your Christianity is not about the living water, you're going to have major religious stress. Christianity is not supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be easy and light. My gospel, my yoke, is easy. My burden is light. Why is anything hard? Because we're apart from the waters. 99% 99% of Christianity on planet Earth right now is apart from the living waters. 99%, that is accurate. Trust me. I deal with every denomination on the planet every day. 99% of Christianity on planet Earth does not promote as the most important thing the waters of life. But it's the only thing that fulfills Scripture. It's the only thing that brings the Word of God into manifestation of heaven on earth. You could have this Bible. Listen, we've had Bibles for hundreds of years. I mean, I, every Christian I know has like five Bibles, more than that. But does it mean they're walking in the fullness of the power of God? Are they walking in all the glory of God? Why don't we have all the glory mixed with the Bible? We're in the Bible, reading the Bible. Everyone's got the Bible. Every televangelist is in the Bible. People are quoting scripture everywhere. If all we needed was scripture for heaven to come, heaven would have already came 500 times over again. Because it's not about the Bible alone. It's about the waters. The key to Jesus Christ and being a real Christian is focusing first on waters. Otherwise, Satan can use the word to lead you astray, like the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. The waters are more important than the Bible. They didn't even have Bibles to the 16th century. They didn't. No Bibles. There wasn't a single Bible in the entire planet until the printing press was created in Germany in the 16th century. Not one Bible in the entire world. So Bible idolatry is a big deal. Now if we had living water idolatry, guess what? We'd live in heaven on earth. But that just is a non-existent thing. Why? Because Satan and his angels block you in the dry places of your mind from focusing on the only thing that transfigures this world, the living water. It says in Revelation chapter 7 that the Good Shepherd will lead them to the springs of the waters of life, and every tear will be wiped away from their eyes. What are are these tears getting wiped? The stress of our religiousness of trying to do the Bible apart from the springs of the waters of life of the Good Shepherd. We have been striving. Me too. I'm dealing with it every day. I'm getting more and more undone from religion. I drink copiously. I drink so much like a madman every day because I have this revelation I see not one single thing can be accomplished in the earth except by the living waters. That's why from the moment I wake up in the morning to the moment I go to sleep at night, I'm drinking. I'm like a drunken man because of the Lord, like one who's had too much to drink because of his holy words. Jeremiah 23 verse 9, it is written, you have to be like that in order to fulfill Scripture, in order for any prophecy to be fulfilled. Fulfilling Scripture is becoming a living epistle, becoming a member of the water temple. It's not about the Bible written down. It's about, not about the Logos written down. It's about the Logos becoming your flesh, the Rama, the living, breathing word, your bodies, the living epistles. You can only do that by the living water. If you're not drinking the living water, not a single word of God will be made flesh. John chapter 1, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he was God. Has the word been made your flesh by the living water? That's when you come into the actual experience of being a Christian. A Christ one and an anointed one. And they were first called Christians at Antioch, meaning they were first called anointed ones, plural. You could say they were called messiahs. Messiahs, plural. An army of messiahs, an army of Christians, an army of Jesuses. Yes, of course, Jesus is the one of Nazareth, the messiah, that is the older brother that is the creator of heaven and earth. But you are also like him now. A lot of us deal with false humility continuously, saying that we're, we're not like Jesus. I'm just a sinner. I'm not, that's not at all in the New Testament. The whole point of him dying on the cross is that so you'd be exactly like him in every way with spiritual ability. The veil's been torn. There's no separation except religion in the brain. Dry place in the brain. Air in the brain. Prince of the power working in the brain. Having stuff above your head beating you up and condemning you when you should have an open heavens by now. By drinking. You get an open heavens by drinking. If you're thinking about it and focusing all the, on the negative all the time, it'll never open the heavens over your head. Because no one deserves to live under an open heavens. No one deserves to have a complete and total perfect airspace through their soul all the way up through the heavens, through the constellations, into the third heaven, into the throne of God and the Lamb in a river of life with angels descending and ascending upon their soul every day. But that's actually normal Christianity for every single person who drinks the living waters. That the angels of God would ascend and descend upon who? Christ in you, the hope of realizing this glory. Colossians 1.27 And open heavens is the gift of angels ascending and descending upon you, since you are members of the body of Christ. And each one of you is precious. Each one of you has a position in the temple. Each one of you has a role in the kingdom that's irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. There's huge gaps in the world. People say that one out of three of our generation was destroyed in abortion. I mean, that's one out of three workers in this temple of Joel's army are dead right now and living in heaven that are not on the earth. They were supposed to be here. Satan has systematically annihilated us not just in in lies, but in murder, in abortion. So that there is such a need now for the priest to learn how to minister the living waters to wake people up to take their positions in the kingdom of heaven. There are just holes and huge gaps. Satan has systematically annihilated the living people of the living God for 6,000 years. I mean, it's, it's been atrocity after atrocity. after. In, in Moses' day, they killed all the babies. In Jesus' day, Herod killed all the babies. In our day, they killed all the babies. I mean, they killed one out of three of all the babies that are born in our generation in the USA. One out of three. True statistic. They did it in Jesus' day. They did it in Moses' day. It's an exodus generation. There was an exodus of Moses. There is an exodus of the first coming. They came out of the synagogue structure. They had an open heavens, open earth. They're starting to get revelation. It's the same exodus now in our day into the water temple when we completely and totally come out of the tabernacle of Molech and the star remphon of practicing flesh and blood carnal Christianity to living exclusively in the living waters as living stones with new names on it. Amen? This last temple of Ezekiel is made out of your souls glorified by drinking the living waters and coming out of all the dry places of sands and air, of all demonic influence that flies and crawls on the ground. Amen? One-step process from beginning to end, the river of life. Revelation 22.1. Let's read it. Thank you, Jesus. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of ripe fruit, according to each month of the year. Masters of the zodiac. Masters of time. This river of life, and the twelve months, and the tree of life, and the twelve stars of of the Revelation chapter 12, is the place of being in the third heaven in your spirit fully regenerated by the living waters and in the second heaven by being over the 12 stars, which is the zodiac. It is. The constellations are written about many times in the Bible. It's not a new age thing. They're called the stars of God in the book of Job. It's true. That is time. That is the curse of the fall, being stuck and trapped in time. Revelation 22 in the river of life in the twelve months of the tree of life bearing fruit is the cleansing of time. It is the restoration of all things and the culmination of the times. Amen. The culmination of the ages. It's bearing so much fruit in third heaven glory, in intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and each other, knowing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in each other's hearts called fellowship. You know, loving one another as Christ first loved us. That kind of intimacy and fruit bearing is what washes the heavens through our souls. It's already begun. There has already begun a cleansing of the heavens. The new heavens have already appeared. That's how late you are. Well, what time is it? The prophets know the times and the seasons the sons of Issachar has written. I'll tell you what time it is. You're in the Jewish year 6019. Anyone that says otherwise is wrong. Pharisees changed the Jewish calendar by over 200 years in the end of the first century to not point to Jesus Christ as the Messiah. You're already in the seventh day. And on the seventh day, God rested. And a day is as a thousand years. You are in the, se- the seventh day where we enter the rest by the fruit bearing of the tree of life coming down out of the third heaven by Christians that learn to drink and bear fruit, whose tree of life grew up into the heavens. So, this is a supernatural, mystical thing because Christianity is spiritual, God's a spirit. John 4.24, God the Father is the Spirit. So of course the carnal mind comprehends not the things of the Spirit, nor can it, because it's carnal. It's It's stuck in the curse of the fall. But to those that are sanctified and having their senses exercised, they begin to practice spirituality, which is righteousness. They begin to operate in the heavenly celestial realm by the Spirit and by virgin holiness. Virgin holiness is the only way you'll ever operate in the Spirit. And deep realms. And you can have tiptoe stuff. You can go ankle deep in the river, knee deep, waist deep, shoulder deep, Ezekiel 47 in the river. You'll never get your head under. You'll never begin to operate out of all the rooms and realms of your inheritance until you operate in virgin purity. And that's where we need to go, getting our souls and our minds completely renewed, transfigured by the renewing of our mind. It's in Revelation 14. Then I looked and behold, there was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, Gathered with Him were 144,000 who had His name and His Father's name written on their foreheads. It's the gate of God, your forehead. Amen. Matthew says that when He went up on the mountain of transfiguration, His face shone as the sun. It's because He got His forehead completely glorified. It's the full release of the river of life from His Spirit, through His whole heart, perfectly purified, perfectly innocent, perfect sexual purity and virgin-like glory so his mind could release the fullness of God the Father. The, The virginity of the King of Israel, Jesus Christ, 33 years old. He ascended into heaven when he was 33. That's what the Bible says. That Christian virginity is our access to this power. That's what the Holy Spirit mainly does. He sanctifies us unto Perfect childlike innocence and virginity. He will deal with crap we've tried to cover with religion. Wounds that are in there. Listen, I deal with people every day that think they're okay and all of a sudden they come around to greater glory and they start talking in a man's voice and they're a woman. You know, they'll start gnashing their teeth. They'll start screaming. I've dealt with demon-possessed possessed people and demon-deliverance ministry every single day of my Christian life for 20 years. Yes, true, because I came out of the old cult. I came so deep out of darkness that when the light raised me from the dead, all the darkness and other people began to manifest on me every single day of my life for 20 years. I mean, there's not a single day that I don't deal with it. And we're turning that darkness into light. As it is written, even darkness as as light unto God. We're doing it. So that the darkness no longer angers us, but we can deal within the darkness with gentleness and kindness, having understanding of the curse of the fall and the wounds in people's lives. Because most of these wounds are sexual wounds, love wounds. Father wounds is the main one too. You deal with all kinds of crap and junk in people's hearts. People are so wounded and they hide behind those wounds. And that's the uh, the sand inside their heart where the snakes move. The snakes move within the sand of humans' wounds. Usually sexual wounds, all kinds of different types of wounds, but these sexual wounds are huge because they prevent you from operating in the spirit and they lock you in the natural realm. You get healed by drinking the living waters. It's a one-step formula for all healing. You don't need 30 years of counseling. You'll waste ten thousand dollars. You just need to have a drink of the waters of life. Get around drinkers. You'll be healed. I mean, I got instantly healed at Teen Challenge. I remember I was in this prayer circle. Everyone around me, 120 guys or something. And I, I was praying in tongues, and I was like, God, I want to learn how to love. That's what I said. The pastor next to me says, oh, you want to learn how to love? And I said, yeah, I want to learn how to love. And he prayed for me, and I saw a vision of my childhood, and I saw the San Juan Islands, and I saw being on my dad's back in this fanny pack going on the boat, and, and I saw that my parents had done everything that they possibly could for me to have a good childhood, and I was instantly healed of all my first 18 years. And I just instantly forgave everything that ever happened to me, and I just was, was completely healed instantly in an open vision in age 18 at Minnesota Teen Challenge. I just had a drink. It was one drink of God's love, and I got instantly healed of my childhood. That's how easy it is to drink the living waters and get healed from any kind of trauma, any kind of abuse, any kind of pain, any kind of neglect. Anything you've ever gotten in life is healed in these living waters. I say that because a lot of people are dealing with that and that's why they can't even listen to higher level revelation. (laughs) People have so much junk in them that when you start to bring them solid meat like we bring every day at Joel's Bar, the reason why we only have 200 people that can even digest this on planet Earth right now is because people are wounded. When you're not wounded, when you're healed, you need stronger, mature meat for those that are wise, that speak a wisdom that's no longer infancy level Christianity. There's a wisdom spoken amongst the mature that we need to start communicating in. And it's a wisdom that's produced by our divine virginity. It's a wisdom that can only come as you drink the living waters, as you read the Word and the Word's made flesh. And I heard a tremendous sound coming out of heaven, like the roar of a waterfall and like the ear-splitting sound of a thunderclap. The sound of music that I heard was like the sound of many harpists playing their harps. And they were singing a wonderful new song before the throne and in front of the four living creatures and in front of the 24 elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed free from the earth. (laughs) These are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women. For they are virgins. And they join themselves to the Lamb wherever He goes. They have been redeemed, purchased from humanity and brought forth as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. Now they say the song is the song of Moses but from experience I know it's the song of songs. It's the love song. How you become, because the Bible says they're virgins. How do you become a virgin that stands on top Mount Zion in the high place this, okay, you got to understand, Mount Zion is the Holy Spirit Mountain. Spirit Mountain, like Duluth. Spirit Mountain. It's It's the whole universe. Spirit Mountain is the mountain of the Lord that rises as chief of all the mountains in the last days. It's not a natural mountain. It's not the type and shadow of the Old Covenant and Temple Mountain Jerusalem. It's not. Holy Spirit Mountain is Mount Zion. It's the mountain of the Father's soul. This is the soul of God, the mind of Christ. This is, how do you stand on top of the soul of God? God's soul is a mountain. You're a mountain, I'm a mountain. We all have a mountain. We come together, we're one mountain. We live in my Father's house. There are many rooms in this mountain. If it were not so, I would tell you. You live inside the soul of God. That's what heaven is, living inside the realms of God's thought life. My thoughts become your thoughts as you drink my waters and you learn my ways. There's no separation, there's no veil anymore. This ain't the old covenant. This is perfect new covenant. Amen. And you live inside these realms by drinking His waters, listening, and obeying to His words. The Song of Songs is the song of the overcomers that produces the virgins. They sing a new song. The Song of Songs is perfect sexual purity. Learning how to be pleasured in the intimacy realm of divine love. There are three different levels that Jesus taught about In the Gospels, he said there's a 30-fold, a 60-fold, and a 100-fold. And it is the kingdom and the power and the glory, but it's also the joy glory, the peace glory, and the love glory. Love glory is the promised land. We've been in the joy glory for 10 years, and it's been crazy persecution, like you can never imagine. The joy glory does not get the job done. It's just persecuted. People think you're on drugs. They think you're on alcohol. You're just on the drunken glory. You're on the joy glory. The peace glory is wonderful, 60-fold. The love glory is where it's at. The love glory is song of songs made flesh, and it's what restores your innocence to become a man-child. i got to tell you one last thing before we close. I was going into the steam room today at the gym, and I saw the man-child on the throne of David. And I saw all the leaders of the world at the feet of the man-child, explaining to the man-child their excuses of why they were leading the way they're leading out of their intellect, defending the carnal mind, defending everything they do in their mismanagement of the world. There's how they just tried so hard and all their excuses, but there's no water on any of it. I saw the leaders of the world begging the man-child on the throne for mercy, Because they were trying to explain why they had led the way they led. They've led out of manipulation, they've led out of greed, they've led out of secret sin. Some have tried their best, but I'm telling you, the standard is the man child, having all the perfect virginity of Song of Songs made flesh, seated on the throne, ruling and reigning by living waters through all hearts and all minds in the upper and lower pools. That's what's coming and the nations will come and bow down at the feet of the man-child. What's the man-child? It's this company. It's these ones married to the Lamb that have virgin innocence. It's the 144,000. And listen, don't even worry about the dumb Jehovah Witness and Mormon crap. This is all about the Bible, and it's about song of songs, and it's about virgin purity, and it's about overcoming. And if you drink the living waters, it will all unfold into you. It will all unfold inside you anyway. It doesn't need to be confusing. If you can drink, then you'll be delivered. If you can drink, there'll be no confusion. If you can drink, there'll be no formulas, there'll be no religion. Drinking is the key that protects you from all the confusion of producing these things. Drinking is the way that this becomes a promise fulfilled. Not by calculating it in your brain, not by listening to all these words in your brain, but putting them as seed into your heart and growing them up as a tree of life. If you put revelation into your brain, it will kill you. It will actually destroy your life. If you put revelation into your spirit, the tree of life will grow up and it will transfigure your brain into the very mind of Christ. There will be like a rainbow ribbon from ear to ear with a mouth in it, and you'll be speaking out of the seven spirits of God, the mind of Christ, the rainbow of Noah's Ark. It's true. So it's the time of the 144,000 that are joined to the Lamb in song of song's virginity. Overcoming the mountain of the world, inheriting the mountain of the world, Daniel chapter 7, and they inherited the mountain of the world. They inherited the kingdom. The holy people of the Most High God inherit the kingdom, and that is the end of the matter. Or it's the end of matter ruling over spirits. It's the end of the natural, idolatrous realm having dominion over the holy people's spirit life because your spirit life has reached full spiritual stature by virgin-like purity. It takes perfect virginity of song of songs, married to the Lamb. No one can do it in self-discipline. You can only do it by intimacy with Jesus. Intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the garden of your heart until there's nothing left in you except God. The Apostle Paul says, I've labored amongst you tirelessly until Christ be fully formed in you. What happens when Christ, the Anointed One, and His anointing is fully formed in you? You stand on Mount Zion singing the song of songs, the love song. His banner over you becomes love, and the nations are drawn to that love, and it produces the great harvest of the end times. As it is written in Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and by my love I have drawn you. It's the love of the virgin lamb and the 144,000 playing their harps, David's harps, releasing their waters, giving everyone a drink. We've been so used to the sirens of the sea playing their harps, leading us down into hell by sexual morality, now we'll be led up Mount Zion by the purity of the virgins, of the overcomers of the end times, releasing their hearts of the new song of songs, of new Zion into the water temple and the living waters will sanctify and purify everyone that rises in these musical waters coming from the harps of the overcomers. Now in the name of Jesus Christ we bless all your guys' souls with the upper pool, all your hearts with the lower pool. Be sanctified through and through and go deeper in the living waters and let it transfigure your families and transfigure your cities and transfigure your nations and bring your tithes and offerings into Red Letter Ministries so we can blow up this ministry and reach more people with your cheerful giving. Redlettermen.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.